0: What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast, where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you and your walk toward becoming the saint that God our Father desires for you and all of us to be here so the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality, spirituality, apologetics, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, and relationship advice. I will then spend time with your question and try to respond in a way. That is good for you to grow in virtue however disclaimer is this i'm not perfect and every now and then my advice might not be good for you if that's the case then i want to go ahead and first of all apologize but also give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that i say that does not help you to grow in holiness however if my advice is helpful though difficult then i really want to encourage you to lean into jesus christ so he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship you can hit me up with your own questions comments and critiques from today's show and past episodes at askfatherjosh.com you can also send me your future questions at askfatherjosh.com as well You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. That helps other people find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it can become a gift for them as well. And finally, you can share the show on your social media pages, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Snapchat. That way other people can find out about the show. Again, if it's a gift for you, it can potentially become a gift for them as well. And if you want to stay in contact with me throughout the week, You uh, can actually receive weekly emails from my podcast. Just text Ask Father Josh. That's Ask Fr. Josh, all caps, to 33777. We will hit you up with a weekly email with the latest with my podcast. As well as you can uh, enter into a raffle this way. And if you win the raffle, we can send you a personalized, signed, autographed copy of my book, Broken and Blessed, uh, with a personal message to you or to a loved one. Uh, So, again, you just text Ask FR Josh uh, 233777. And you could get plugged in with that as well. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the rosary. Can we wear it as jewelry, as accessories to our clothes, to our bodies? We're also going to talk about a chants and just what's the deal with that. And finally, we're going to talk about spiritual direction. What is spiritual direction? What is it not? who can give spiritual direction, and who should receive spiritual direction. But before we get into those topics, I want to uh, share with you a glory story. I just had some coffee. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, so good, so good. I like my coffee to taste so good, so good, so good. I like my coffee to be brown like me. All right, so my glory story is about meeting a priest recently. I met this really cool priest. His name is uh, Father Prentice Tipton. He is uh, spending the remainder of this year helping out with the Diocese of Homo uh, and uh, with my buddy, Father Mark Toops, who has a really cool new program with the Sister Press out, uh, Rejoice. Last year, Sister Miriam James and I did the Rejoice Advent series with him, and this year we did it again. This year it's with St. Joseph. So Father Prentice is working with Father Mark in the diocese, and he's just a really cool guy. So I got to meet him and pray with him, and it was really cool because every now and then you meet people who are just super life-giving to be around, and when you're in their presence, you leave feeling just energized and more in love with the Lord and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And He and I have similar passions uh, for evangelization, For forming intentional disciples of Jesus Christ, for helping people in their walk toward eternity by um, trying to be instruments for them to fall in love with Jesus and stay in love with Jesus. He's just a man of profound prayer. And he also, like me, really cares about justice and he really cares about um, evangelizing um, black Catholics in the United States of America uh, and, and specifically trying to help the church in America to to do it well, because in America, the American Catholic Church really has dropped the ball um, in many ways, and so we both have similar desires to, uh, to just share the joy of the gospel um, with our brothers and sisters in the black community, uh, and in helping other Catholics, specifically, you know, white Catholics, to also um, to evangelize better, you know, to, to acknowledge, hey, this obviously hasn't been working, you know, because we look at Africa, and we see so many saints um, and then we look at America and we just don't see the same thing. And so we both have similar desires to draw people to Jesus in the Eucharist, to um, have people fall in love with the Lord so they can begin to hear the Lord, invite them to not only be saints, to, but to form saints. And so he and I had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gathering uh, the other day. And it was just so life-giving just to pray with another priest who wants to be a saint, who wants to be holy, and who wants to help other people fall in love with the Lord. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was an absolute gift to meet uh, to meet Father Prentice Tipton, and I look forward to hanging out with him uh, in the years to come and to collaborate with him to hopefully hopefully, um, fulfill the demands of discipleship and console the heart of Jesus, who desires for his church to be one, who desires for his body to be one as he prayed in John 17. So yeah, my glory story was meeting this really cool priest, Father Prentice Tipton. Uh, many of you may already know him from his work with Father John Ricardo. He was working with Father John Ricardo, who does Acts 29 ministry and had one of the most beautiful, thriving parishes in our nation, uh, Our Lady of Good Counsel in either Mount Plymouth or Plymouth or Plymouth somebody. So anyways, that was my glory story. I mean, this really cool priest and looking forward to, you know, cultivating a good friendship with him as well. So before we get into the topics, let me share some feedback with you. Before I share that feedback, let me sip on my coffee. Mmm. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. You're so good to me. First feedback comes in from Joseph. Speaking of Joseph, we just talked about Father Mark's new program. Check it out. It's for Joyce and Advent with Joseph. So, Joseph writes this. Hello, Father Josh. Hello. Love you, man. And my wife, we listen to you always, and you make us laugh and also learn more about our prayer life. Praise Jesus Christ. For Mr. Anonymous, who likes hip-hop beats, I, like you, bro, um, and I love hip hop beats too, but they made me crazy. I had to stop listening to them, but thank God for reach records. It's a recording label, which has some sick, clean hip hop music. Father Josh talked about Lecrae, Andy Mineo, KB, et cetera. They all come from reach records family. Check them out. Yeah, Joseph. I, they are so good. Lecrae, Andy Mineo. And you know, a lot of people have been going crazy over that new Kanye album. So I've only heard a few songs from that album so far what I've heard has been, it's been pretty good. It's not amazing. Uh, It's not on the level of old school Lecrae. Like when I like Lecrae and any of their older stuff to me is their best stuff. Their newest stuff is okay. Um, Kanye's stuff is delightful to my ear. His new, um, I think it was Jesus is King is what the new album's called, but I haven't really dug into it too much. And so I, I can't endorse it yet, but I've heard a lot of positive feedback from my friends who are digging his album, and I have heard a few songs, and what I've heard has been delightful, but uh, I'm going to spend some more time with that as well. So, yeah, music is either going to be a bridge that draws us closer to Jesus or is going to pull us further away from him. And our next feedback comes in from a guy named Josh. Josh works with the Diocese of Baker. Uh, So I recently listened to the Ask Father Josh episode regarding the reception of communion for non-Catholics. The question that prompted this mentioned a Catholic church that lets all Christians receive communion in Bend, Oregon. So I work for the Diocese of Baker with the bishop, uh, which includes Bend, Oregon and I'm fairly certain I know the church she's referring to. This particular church is not in communion with the Roman Catholic Church. So um, I'd love to get in touch with the individual who asked the question and offer her guidance for her and her fiancé and also just walk with them. So, um, yeah, so if you uh, want to get in touch with Josh with the Diocese of Baker in the Office of Evangelization, Email me back, and I will share his email with you. Um, he definitely wants to, uh, to walk with you and to accompany you and your fiancé toward, toward the Lord, toward eternity. And so also thanks for that clarification. It's good to know that that church that is offering communion is not in communion with the Catholic Church. Uh, so praise Jesus Christ for that. All right, let's jump into the show. Okay, first question comes in from... Bailed in love, love that name. Hi, Father Josh. I've been listening to your podcast for some time now, and I just want to thank you so much for the good work you do. There really is no one out there doing this type of podcast, and I'm so thankful that I'm able to tune in weekly and get your insight on so many topics. I had a twofold question regarding rosaries. Number one, one of my hobbies is making rosaries. I restore and use antique crucifixes and centerpieces and do all the wire work by hand. As you can imagine, much time and love goes into each one. I'm part of a rosary making group on Facebook, and some of the things I see in there make me question what I have been taught about the rosary itself. Firstly, I was always taught that you should never wear a rosary like jewelry as the rosary is a tool for prayer and not something to be worn and made a spectacle of. Similarly, a rosary is not a car ornament and should not be hung from a rearview mirror like a pair of fuzzy dice. Was I taught properly or am I being too uptight? Secondly, I was taught that rosaries must have a crucifix, not just a cross. Is this true? Thank you so much in advance for your time. Veiled in love. All right, so that's that's a really great question. So, all right, I would first of all like to address wearing rosaries. Whenever people wear rosaries, it um, is not always something that is done out of um, ignorance or disrespect. Um, In the Hispanic culture, a number of people do wear rosaries um, around their neck, just like nuns wear rosaries on their belt of their habit. They wear it um, on their on their bodies. Some priests wear the rosary ring on our finger, um, and we use it to pray the, the, the decades of the rosary um, through the finger rosary. Some people wear the rosary bracelets. Um, again, this helps them to pray the rosary during the day. It might remind them of the Lord. Some people who struggle with lust actually wear the the knitted rosaries around their hands. Um, And so again, they wear that to help them to not commit sins of lust. Uh, So a number of different people wear rosaries on their bodies for different reasons. So it is permissible to wear a rosary around your neck, on your finger, around your wrist, uh, by your belt. Um, If you're using it for the sake of prayer if it calls you to prayer if it's part of your your way of falling in love with the lord uh, diving deeper into the mysteries of the life of christ then praise god you can certainly wear it around your your body even the same thing with your car if it helps to remind you to to be holy whenever you're in your car and to, to focus on the life of christ it can be permissible to wear it in your body on your person in your car if you're wearing it just to be an accessory to your clothes, to look cool, then that would not be okay. It is not meant to be a piece of jewelry that we just wear to wear for fun, to look good. Uh, that's not the point of of the rosary. Um, and, and the same thing about the crucifix. <coughs> uh, it, some people make those knitted rosaries. When I was at Christ the King at LSU, a number of my parishioners, my kids would make the rosaries uh, with cotton, and so obviously, if you make it with cotton, it's just gonna kind of have a cross, not a crucifix. So again, there is no doctrines on how a rosary should look, uh, but yeah, it, the normally the normative rosary has a crucifix because Saint Paul says we preach Jesus Christ crucified. However, um, if it has a cross and not the crucifix, it's still a rosary nonetheless, as long as your purpose is to go into the life of Christ through the Word of God it's the rosary, right? It's the rosary if you use it on your fingers. Uh, One of my scripture passages I like to pray with is 1 Corinthians 10 31. St. Paul says this, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. So in other words, um, as long as you're trying to glorify God by praying the rosary, whether you keep it in your pocket, in your purse, or around your wrist, on your finger, around your neck, in your car, around your belt, as long as it is to glorify God and help you to imitate Christ through the time you spend with Christ in prayer, then go for it. If it is for your own glory, then do not rock the rosary around your body or on your car because it's not just a decoration. It's not an ornament. It's a gift that's a bridge for us to grow closer to Jesus. So let me know if that was helpful. All right, next question comes in from Sam. Sam, I am. Sam is the name of one of my best friends in in, uh, in high school who actually hit me up this week about Kanye's album. He's like, "Yo, you heard the new Kanye?" Uh, and so uh, it's also the name of my brother, my big brother Sam. So Sam writes this: "Hi, Father Josh, I'm really glad I found your podcast a couple of months ago." I really appreciate how you handle questions from the, both the head and the heart. My question is about Taizé prayer. In college, I attended some ecumenical Taizé prayer services and found this type of meditative prayer through beautiful songs to be very moving. I thought about asking to coordinate a service through music ministry at my parish, but I've never really been sure about the theology behind Taizé. It does seem a bit new agey, and I know it has some Protestant origins, but I also don't know that there's anything wrong with it. Does the Catholic Church have an official perspective on Taizé prayer? Is Taizé a theologically sound way for us to pray? That is a good question, Sam. So yeah, Taizé is actually one of my um, more, uh, I'm not going to say favorite ways to pray, but I enjoy Taizé chant a lot. Uh, Taizé combines elements of the church's like, traditional liturgy of the hours with elements of contemplative meditation. And so um, we do it here in my parish at Holy Rosary in Santa Maria in Advent and in Lent. Um, at night, so I'll I'll probably give y'all an update on when the date's going to be so you can come if you're in the area. But basically, it incorporates silence, which we need to have silence in our relationship with Jesus Christ. To hear the voice of God, we need silence. Cardinal Serra came out with that great book on the power of silence a few years ago. It's one of my favorite books. Silence is necessary for our relationship with Jesus. It also incorporates Holy Scripture. Scripture is really good. Scripture is the Word of God. It's the voice of God. Anytime the scriptures are proclaimed out loud, we're actually listening to God speak to us. So we have silence as we listen to God speak to us. And then there's these chants, these beautiful chants. Stay with me. Wait with me. Watch and pray. Hey. Oh, watch and pray. Boom. So you didn't pray with the scripture from... And Jesus and Peter and James and John, the agony of the garden, as he's like, remain with me. And then you have silence to actually be able to enter into that sacred space of the agony of the garden. And so there's like songs repeated over and over again with chants and scripture and silence. The environment is like typically like all the lights are off. And there's just candles lit everywhere. So it's a very beautiful way to to pray um, from uh, the place of our our heart to like really go and, and experience the beauty of God um, making the journey from our head, our theology, into our hearts. Um, so yeah, it is rooted in ec- ecumenism, um, ecumenical communities, um, where the ideal is reconciliation and uh, through through holy fellowship rooted in the word. Um, and so a lot of these communities combine the monastic uh, way of life of prayer and work and poverty, and they explicitly stand for uh, peace and justice, which is what the gospel is certainly uh, something that the gospel promotes. So yeah, Taizé can be really beautiful um, if it's done well. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it, it's a gift to the church. And uh, yeah, I, I like Taizé myself. So let me know what you think. Hit me up at Ask Josh at AscensionPress.com with your own comments about the rosary and about Taizé. And when we get back, we're going to talk about spiritual direction. What is it? Who should be able to do it, receive it? What is it not? All that when we get back. Imagine this you're walking down the street, and a Christian at a table with a bunch of pamphlets asks you, Have you been saved? What would you do? Would you know how to respond? Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Swafford, and I'm co-presenter along with Jeff Cavins in Ascension's new great adventure Bible study, Romans, the Gospel of Salvation. In this study, we teach you the biblical foundations for the Catholic teaching on salvation, how to explain salvation quickly and easily to non-Christians, what St. Paul really meant by works not leading to salvation, and how we can enter more deeply into Christ. Paul's letter to the Romans has been at the center of reflection, conversion, and controversy from the very beginning, and it's widely considered his greatest work. I invite you to start a small group in your home or parish and embark on this great adventure. Romans, the Gospel of Salvation is available for pre-order right now and for purchase on September 1st, 2019. To order, visit ascensionpress.com. And welcome back. Uh, don't forget you can share the show on your social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter that helps people find out about the show. You can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats that helps people also find out about the show. And if you text this word, ask Father Josh all one word, all caps a s k f r j o s h um to three three seven 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 You will get weekly email updates about the podcast, and you can also, be registered for a raffle for my book, which will be personalized for you or for a family member or friend that uh, you would like to receive the book. So, all right, last question, spiritual direction. Hi, Father Josh. I, as many others, listen to your podcast and appreciate all the time and effort you put into your podcast. Your desire to become a saint and help others along their journey is truly inspiring. In listening to a recent episode I heard you were taking questions for a possible discernment-themed episode. This is one that I feel is not talked about enough when in regards to discernment. I have recently been discerning the call to the sisterhood. I've been able to get involved in one of the Little Sisters of the Poor's homes where I live. It has been such a blessing and helped me open my heart more to the Father's will. I recently have felt called to enter into spiritual direction However, I have never gone before. How does someone begin spiritual direction? Would it be better to do it with a sister or a priest? Are only certain religious able to offer spiritual direction? Any and all vice is greatly appreciated. May peace be with you, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah is your first name. So, all right, so this is a question that I'm going to answer from my background, which is Thomistic, all right? So I'm going to give you like a very Thomistic view of spiritual direction. There are different camps for spiritual direction. I personally like to receive from like the Ignatian route, but when someone comes to me, what I offer is to mystic. They do not oppose each other, but they are different approaches to spiritual direction. So I'm going to give you a to answer to your question. So first of all, what is spiritual direction? Uh, it's the art of leading souls progressively from the beginning of the spiritual life, to the heights of Christian perfection, helping them get out of mortal sin and enter into the purgative stage, illuminative stage, and unitive stage of the spiritual life. What is spiritual direction not? Sometimes the best way we can discern what something is, is by looking at the via negativa, what it is not. Spiritual direction is not pastoral counseling. Pastoral counseling is good, and it is also, for many people, necessary, right? I enjoy receiving not only spiritual direction, but I also enjoy receiving pastoral counseling. The two really do help each other out a lot, but they're not the same thing through the lens of Thomas. Counseling is centered on the person, on the client. Spiritual direction is centered on the person, Jesus Christ, God. Counseling is concerned with problems. Spiritual direction is concerned with progress in the spiritual life counseling is about our relationships with other people spiritual direction is about our relationship with the trinity right the the goal of counseling is personal well-being the goal of spiritual direction is God's will being done in our lives and our walk toward eternity um, finally counseling is is mainly about us spiritual direction again is mainly about God it's about God, um, and so the two are—they are, can—they can be uh, intertwined together. They complement each other, but I think whenever one goes the spiritual direction, they need to make sure that they are more focused on God's will for them in their life. They're more focused on what's happening in their prayer life. They're more focused on where is God at in their life. They're more focused on making that journey through the different stages and discerning where am I at and based on where I'm at in those stages, purgative, illuminative, unitive, that can help me discern how I'm supposed to be relating with God. How can I best enter into this relationship with God where I'm at? So, who can offer their spiritual direction? Um, clergy, priests, bishops, uh, deacons, uh, cardinals, the pope, uh, religious brothers, sisters, monks, friars, nuns, uh, and lay men and lay women um, who have knowledge of the spiritual life, um, who are men and women who have cultivated the virtue of prudence. Uh, they have the capacity to, to listen really well, and they have the capacity to prayerfully reflect on what's being shared with them um, in the context of spiritual direction. Uh, preferably men and women, lay men, women, priests, religious sisters, nuns, whoever, um, who aren't rash when they make decisions, uh, who can encourage their directee when they need to be encouraged, and who can challenge them and correct them whenever they are going in the wrong direction. Um, and preferably who are holy. Right. Um, now, at the end of the day, uh, if you had to choose between someone who's holy and someone who knows the spiritual life, uh, some saints would say choose the person who knows, who knows the spiritual life because just because somebody's holy does not mean they know anything about walking with someone in the spiritual life. At the same time, other people would say may just hang out with the holy people. Right. Um, because they might not know the spiritual life, but they are really close to Jesus. I would probably say it's best to try to do the Catholic both end. But if you have to pick. Um, I'm not going to tell you who to pick. I'm not going there. (laughs) Uh, Who should receive spiritual direction? Uh, Really, spiritual direction is meant for people who are serious about the spiritual life, about the interior life. There's like a really big fad right now uh, of people who like, they just want a spiritual director because all their friends have a spiritual director. And so that's like, don't burn out spiritual directors. Like that's, if it's not for you, if you don't pray, if you don't have a consistent prayer life, if you're not discerning a religious vocation, if you're not coming off of a retreat experience um, and you don't have some kind of, you don't, you're not trying to go in the relationship with Christ then direction is not for you. You probably should try to cultivate something first and then go to direction. Um, It's for people who really want to grow um, in the three ages. Um, And so uh, this is biblical, certainly in Ecclesiastes 4.10. It says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, If they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and is not another to lift him up. In Sirach 32, 18, 19, it says this, a man of judgment will not overlook an idea, and an insolent and proud man will not cower in fear. Do nothing without deliberation, and when you have acted, do not regret it. So again, uh, you are discerning a religious vocation, my sister Sarah, and so I definitely think Spiritual direction would be good for you. Whether it's a lay person, a priest, or a religious sister, um, I think you just find out who can walk with you the best, specifically toward discerning this vocation um, to the sisterhood, if God's inviting you to be a bride of Christ. Uh so yeah, I I and I guess the a typical rule is maybe three months, meet once a month for three months. Uh, That's that's one session per month. And if the person if you find that the person is helping you um, to see where God is at in your life and where you're growing in virtue and where what vices you should avoid and and, and what orders you should be visiting, maybe uh, then praise God. And if they're not, then just. There's, it's not to say they're, they're not a good spiritual director. They just might not be good for you, and you might not be good for them. And so uh, be open to somebody else. But definitely, definitely, definitely uh, get a spiritual director if you're thinking about the priesthood or religious life or uh, a call to the diaconate um, or anything like that. Um, I'm speaking of men and women right now, uh, clearly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, some books that m- might be good resources, especially for like, this Thomistic view of spiritual direction, would be The Three Ages of the Interior Life, Volume 1, by uh, Father Gary Goulagrange. Uh, pages 256 through 264. I'm going to give you a cheat sheet right there. Um, and also uh, Jordan Almond, The Theology of Christian Perfection, pages 593 through 614 uh, could be a gift for you if you're trying to, to grow in this, in this way in your walk toward eternity. So hopefully that was helpful for, for you. Please trust that I will be praying for you as you discern your vocation, as you discern how God is inviting you to become a saint. Keep that in mind. Whatever you choose, as long as you're being holy, God will bless. There. So if, if you feel called a religious life, but you really want to get married and you choose marriage, God's not going to look down on you or he's not going to condemn you. As long as you're holy, God will bless your marriage. If you want to get married, but you also want to be a religious, and you end up choosing a religious life and breaking up with your boyfriend or girlfriend. God's not going to not bless you. Like he's going to bless it as long as you're trying to be a radical, intentional disciple of Jesus Christ. As long as you love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind, your soul, as long as you love your neighbor, like, you're good. You are good. God will bless any vocation and every vocation. The main vocation he cares about for you is for you to be a saint. So let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, help us to become saints. Give us a desire to be saints. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. I cannot wait to continue to walk with you toward eternity. All right, see you next week at Ask Father Josh.